welcome everybody to our, our study from the Preacher's Study. Uh, Kevin Clark is with me. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at uh, Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Kevin is one of our members. Mm -hmm. He does lots of preaching, and uh, perhaps you've heard him preach and know how effective he is in his preaching. And Thank We've you. been doing this podcast for several weeks now, mm -hmm. working our way through the book of Ephesians, and I uh, hope that you've been able to be with us through that study, and it's been helpful in some way. We would invite you, if you have opportunity, think about it, tell other people about it, and Absolutely. bring others in on, on our study. But we're glad you're with us today, and I uh, hope that our study today will be helpful. We're going to continue what mm -hmm. we began last time uh, we studied this passage together, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to pick up in, well, let's see, what verse is it? I'm in the, the wrong verse 29. I'm in the wrong place there. Yeah. Verse 29. That's right. And then work our way through the rest of the chapter uh, in this session. Kevin, anything you'd like to say at this point? Well, I always want to thank uh, Jason and uh, Mark for helping us out. And uh, they're here faithfully every time we get together. We appreciate them. We appreciate their families and uh, their efforts to facilitate this and make this happen. It's really an amazing thing that we're doing here. And there's so many people that we can reach with the sound of our voice through the technology that these folks uh, understand and know very well. And we don't. But we, we appreciate so much <laughs> yeah. them. And we appreciate those who are tuning in. Thank you for spending time with us. We know it would be beneficial, not because we're involved, but because the Word of God is. And so we say, thanks for spending time with us, but, but really we hope to spend time with God as we study That's His it. Word. And we hope that being in the presence of God in that way, being in communion with Him mm -hmm. in that way, as we listen to what He has to say to us through His Word, right. that we'll be built up in the faith. We're talking about this passage in Ephesians chapter 4, mm -hmm. where Paul introduces the idea of putting off the old man mm -hmm. and putting on the new man. You know, earlier in the in the book, he's talked about summing up all things mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. He's talked about some of the implications of that. If we're all in Christ, we ought to be unified. We mm -hmm. ought to be together in one body, reconciled, mm -hmm. no matter what our different backgrounds might be. If we're all in Christ, we should all be all be one. And we all ought to work together, mm -hmm. uh, each of us individually, to the building up of, of the body of Christ. And in this particular passage, he's talking about some of the personal conduct right implications of being in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we put off the old man and we put on the new man mm -hmm. who is now being recreated in in Christ. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that that's Paul's way of saying we're born again. That's right. Uh, we, we're no longer that man that we used to be, the old man. He's He's been put off. And now we're a new creature in Christ, which mm -hmm. is terminology he'll use in another place. Right. But we, another way of saying that is we've been born again. And so here he's talking about some of the personal uh, behavior, character, uh, implications of being born again. So that's Ephesians chapter 4. Don't walk like the Gentiles walk. Right, you, right. You, you walked in that way in the past uh, in ignorance and darkness and sensuality and impurity mm -hmm. and greediness. But now you, you're in Christ. And so you need to walk after righteousness and holiness and truth. To be specific, we might say, right, right, you need right. to put away falsehood mm -hmm. and speak the truth. We talked about that last time. Mm -hmm. We need you need to, though you become angry at times, mm -hmm. don't don't sin. Now that that right. anger just opens up the door uh, for Satan to walk in. You, mm -hmm. you just be on guard mm -hmm. and don't allow that to happen. And so be angry. Mm -hmm. uh, that's maybe unavoidable, but right. you control your that's anger. Right. Don't let your anger get away from you. And then don't steal, mm -hmm. but work with your hands. Work what is good mm -hmm. so that not only will you have to you know, satisfy your own needs and maybe right. your family, but but others, others who are in need right. as well. And so yeah. look beyond yourself mm -hmm. in those in those matters. And so that's what we've talked about 
leading up to this point. We're going to finish out the chapter, begin reading in verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And so Amen. let's just talk about each one of those mm-hmm. ideas in, in our time today. Don't let any unwholesome speech or word proceed out of your mouth. Um, looked up some of these some of these words, the un- unwholesome mm-hmm. word, what is rank and right. putrid and rotten and worthless mm-hmm. and disgusting. We might say foul language. That's right. yeah. Don't let foul language come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the in- English Standard Version, I think, says corrupting talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New King James Version, uh, corrupt word. And that covers a wide English, range, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, all kinds of corrupt speech, mm-hmm. everything that's that's foul, mm-hmm. we want uh, to put aside. There's there's another passage very much like this over in Colossians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3 verse 8 says something very similar. Um, mm-hmm. Verse 8 of Colossians 3, But now you also put, put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Very right. similar idea. And he goes back here in Ephesians chapter 4. It might help us to understand what he means by unwholesome speech by looking at the rest of the, of mm-hmm, the verse. Mm-hmm. But only such a word as is good for edification right. according to the need of the moment. So it'll give grace. Right. So when we talk, we want to do what's edifying mm-hmm. and building up, not what corrupts and what destroys. Right. We want our, our speech to be full of grace, mm-hmm. graceful, gracious speech not what's rotten and putrid and um, and corrupt. And so that might help us to see a little bit better what he has in mind there. Kevin, the, well, got any po- uh, comments at this point? I think it, it's, a, it's a great reminder. First of all, we can have control over our speech because he wouldn't tell us to do it if it's not possible. James 3 talks about the idea of controlling the tongue. And even though it mentions that it's very difficult, it does not convey that it's impossible. So it's very important that we do control the tongue. The other passage that came to mind, it's always one that kind of scares me. It's Matthew 12, uh, 36 and 37. It's a very sobering thought along these same lines in terms of what you say and how you say it. So Matthew 12, 36 and 37, the Bible says, but I, this is Jesus talking, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. And so the Lord says, you better be careful what you say, because what you say can determine your eternal destiny. And so that's another way of underscoring what we've been talking about. Don't let corrupt speech come out. On the contrary, let it be for edification. Right. You know, our it just seems to me that our world is becoming much more profane. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. And, and language is used in public these days that would not have been used in public That's right. it, within my lifetime. That's right. I, I know that. That's right. Uh, on television, but just in the public arena, yes. we're becoming more obscene, more profane, uh, more coarse and vulgar in our talk. So that, you know, one way you can stand out mm-hmm. as a Christian right. is by the way you talk. Right. And so if we want to be the light of the world, here's one way that we can do that. Mm-hmm. It won't take people very long <laughs> to notice, hey, he, 
he doesn't talk the way the other right. guys at work talk, or she doesn't right. talk like the other women that I know talk. Right. There's something different about them. Amen. And so that's one way that we can shine the light of Christ, mm-hmm. just by watching what we say and being careful that we don't let inappropriate speech come out of our mouth. Amen. And so that's that's a good exercise for people, it is. isn't it? Be, <laughs> Think about what you say today. Be careful what you say. Right. Just make progress in becoming, uh, having more and more control over our words. Amen. Then he says in verse 30, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, just a couple of things on this. Mm-hmm. That that Well, for one thing, uh, Paul talks quite a bit about the Holy Spirit in the book of Ephesians. Yes. I kind of ran through the book of, of Ephesians preparing for this. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have access to the Father by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're built together by the Spirit. The Spirit reveals the message. Mm -hmm. We're strengthened by the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And so Mm -hmm. he talks a lot about the Spirit. Here he says, don't grieve the Spirit. There are people out there who believe that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is not a person, Mm -hmm. that he's simply an impersonal force like the wind (laughs) or like electricity that God uses to accomplish his work. Yeah. There's no you can't grieve something that <laughs> is, you know, is not a, a person. That's right. And so um, you can't grieve electricity. You can't mm-hmm. grieve the wind. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has emotion, right. which, the word grieve means to make sorrowful. Right. And so the fact that he has a emotion uh, and can become grieved or sorry mm-hmm. uh, for something suggests to us that he is in fact Absolutely. a person. So if someone tries to advance that idea, mm-hmm. well, the Holy Spirit's not a person, mm-hmm. it's just God's impersonal force. Mm-hmm. Well, a passage like this would, right. would help to negate that. Amen. But how would we go about grieving the Holy Spirit? Well, and, and I think that it's talking, obviously, to people who are in Christ and have the Holy Spirit, but if you live in a manner that's contrary to the Spirit's teaching, and we know that the Word of God is given to us by the Spirit, then you grieve the Holy Spirit. And so the things we've been talking about, if after being right. saved, you go back to living as that old man, that mm-hmm. grieves the Holy Spirit because you've been taught better. You know better. The Holy Spirit teaches us that we need to live soberly in righteousness in this holy age. And so it's really obedience and disobedience would grieve the Holy Spirit. Right. So... We grieve the Holy Spirit in the same way we would grieve the Father. That's right. Remember back in Genesis chapter 6, mm-hmm, just before mm-hmm. the flood, you know, God was sorry that he made man That's on right. the earth, and it grieved him at his heart That's because right. of man's sinful condition. That's right. Absolutely. In our last uh, session, I looked at Mark chapter 3 in verse mm-hmm. 5. In the synagogue, the man with the withered hand was right. there, and the Pharisees were watching Jesus to see if he might heal on the Sabbath, So, and uh, they were going to accuse him if he mm-hmm. did. And Jesus knew their heart, knew uh, the hypocrisy of their heart, knew the lack of compassion that they had for this man. He looked around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their heart. Their their hard heart, Mm -hmm. their hypocrisy Mm -hmm. uh, grieved the Son. And so the Father can be grieved, the Son can be grieved, Mm -hmm. and the Spirit can be grieved. Absolutely. And so when we transgress God's will, Mm -hmm. when we transgress the message that the Spirit has revealed, we're going to grieve Him. We're going to bring sorrow upon Him. Amen. And so we don't want to do that. It's the Spirit that gives us life. That's right. Uh, Jesus says in John chapter 6, the Spirit gives us life. We want to live in a manner that pleases God, Mm -hmm. that pleases the Son, that pleases the Spirit as well.
Anything else about that, Kevin? Well, over in James chapter 4, I couldn't help but think about that, a similar concept. James chapter 4, verse 4, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? So this idea that there is either you're aligned with the world or you're aligned with God, and the Spirit yearns, wants you jealously, wants you to have fellowship with God, not with the world. you got to make a choice. You can't have fellowship with both simultaneously. So that's a, that's a point that may go overlooked sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about pleasing God, mm-hmm. or we don't want to stir the wrath of God, or we mm-hmm. don't want to displease God. We, we don't really talk very much about the pleasing the yeah. Spirit and grieving the Spirit. Right. And so uh, that's just another, maybe another uh, bit of motivation exactly. to, to make us want to do the right thing. And then finally, he says in verses 31 and 32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Mm -hmm. I thought, Kevin, as I was looking at this, I thought... uh, if there was ever a passage that was needed today, <laughs> it's this one. Don't you think so? Amen, if there's ever, Amen. Just, just look. Just look at what he says here. Let wrath, let wrath be done away. You right. know, put, put off bitterness right. and be kind to each other. Uh-huh. Be tenderhearted. And there, there's so much um, unkindness out yes, there. Yes, there's so much yes. clamor right. going on out there. Uh, there's so much. People are so angry. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's just not the way a Christian should behave himself Amen. or behave or behave herself. Amen. Let's talk about that passage just a little bit. Got a minute sure. or two left here. Don't be bitter. Retaining anger for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. is a, a definition I came across. Mm-hmm. That that's that's pretty good. That fretted and irritable state of mind that keeps a man in perpetual animosity. That's that's bitterness. I've met some of those. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We know we know some bitter people. Uh, don't be bitter. Mm-hmm. Boy, you, that comes from unresolved anger, I think, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So right. we're angry. It's unresolved. It right. kind of seethes beneath the surface. Right. That leads to bitterness, and that leads to some of these other mm-hmm. problems as that's well. Right. Anger and wrath. And clamor. Mm-hmm. And that's what New American Standard Bible says. Clamor mm-hmm. is that clamor in mind. King James. New King James, that's right. Yeah. The word the word means uh to cry out or to call out. I thought uh keeping things in an uproar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't be somebody that keeps an, an uproar going or right. a tumult going. Right. That's not that's not what we're about. You know, yeah. that's what Christians are. I had a footnote here talked about loud quarreling. I like that too. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. loud quarreling. Malice. Um, You know, you know what malice is. You're an attorney. That's right. What's malice? Malice is the evil intent. You know, basically having a bad will towards somebody else, wanting harm to harm somebody else, if you will. Right, and so uh, malice is uh, just ill will toward others. Just a bad attitude toward toward others. A desire to see harm or misfortune mm-hmm. come to mm-hmm. others, that's, that's malice. That's right. And so uh, bitterness leads to anger, to wrath, to slander, to mm-hmm. speak against someone. It leads to malice. Surely Christians don't need to be told not to be those things, do they, <laughs> do they Kevin? Unfortunately, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> that old man comes back yeah. every now and then. <laughs> every now and then, he does. He comes back, and so we just have to be reminded. But on the other hand, be kind to one another. There you go good-hearted or tender-hearted. Mm-hmm. So sometimes our challenge is not 
we need a formal definition of this word. So we right. go to our Greek lexicon right, and right, we pull right. all that out. And we, we know what kindness we is. You, you, don't, you don't need a, yeah. a technical definition. Just be kind. We need to practice Be, yeah. be tenderhearted. That's right. Forgiving each other. And what's the standard to which we are to forgive each other? What, yeah. what is it? God's forgiveness of us. That's and right. I love that. And if we won't forgive, as Jesus said, then God's not going to forgive us. So when you start yeah, thinking about right. all the things that God has forgiven us, it ought to be easy to forgive our brethren because we have done far more against God than anybody could ever do against us. So unfortunately, you know, so you, we find these things among friends sometimes mm-hmm. and within family sometimes and brethren sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Things happen. Things are said. Attitudes develop. And before you know it, we, we're, we're guilty of these things. That's and right. so work on being kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. Think about what God has done for Amen. us and how he's forgiven us. That's right. And then reciprocate that, you know, show that to those who have sinned against us. Amen. And so here are several ways. I think we've got mm-hmm. six verses here or so, right. maybe a, a seven or eight, that go into some detail about the character of the new man. Mm -hmm. And so just think about these things and dwell on those. It's not an exhaustive list. It's a partial list, Mm -hmm. but it's enough to keep us busy for a while, isn't it? Amen. It's a lifetime worth of work there. All right. Any any closing comments? I I just, I really like the idea of having the right attitude. And it's it's not just putting away the evil attitudes, but you have to proactively adopt the right attitudes. And so we want to be kind. We want to be tenderhearted. We want to be gracious. The fruits of the Spirit we read in Galatians chapter 5. This is what we're talking about. And all this stuff really starts up here. It starts with our attitude. So we have to be really careful what do we feed this? Because whatever we feed this is what's going to come out. And so think on things that are noble and, and, and just and, and, and praiseworthy. As Meditate on these things, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, study the Bible. Meditate on spiritual things. Set your mind on things above, Colossians 3. The more we think about good things, guess what? Those things are going to be modeled in our behavior. Yeah, that's but if right. we think about bad things, guess what? That's going to come out too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I hope we've said some things to kind of uh, get us thinking about Uh, our own lives in light of these things and maybe point out some areas where we need to work and develop a little bit. And if so, uh, we've uh, had a good class and good study together. Kevin, you want to close us with prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we always bow our heads in reverence to you and all of you, your might, your power, your wisdom, your knowledge. We see the your knowledge and wisdom and how the worlds are framed. We look at ourselves and understand that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made, and all of that speaks to your great wisdom and your creative power. And we're so very thankful that you've seen fit to imbue within our hearts the spirit of life, uh, that we can be alive and experience all the range of emotions that humanity can experience, but more importantly, that we can be fitting and useful vessels of, of yours and to accomplish your work on this earth, most notably to seek and to save that which is lost. Thank you so very much for the salvation that we have through your son, Jesus. For those of us who have availed ourselves of that salvation by obeying the gospel, we're thankful to be in your church, to be your children. And uh, we're going to continue to try to do the things we've been talking about tonight, to adopt the very characteristics that you've modeled for us so well in the scriptures. And we're trying to be uh, like our father, as every child wants to be. And so help us to do a better job of controlling our tongues and making sure that no corrupt communication proceeds out of our mouths. Let us live in such a way that's in obedience to your word and not grieve the Holy Spirit or grieve you or the, or the, or the Son. Uh, please help us to be mindful to, to get rid of bitterness and wrath and don't let those things 
uh, take root in our hearts, but rather to be tender-hearted and kind and forgiving, thinking very uh, often about how we have been forgiven of so much, the great debt that uh, you've wiped out through the blood of your Son. When we dwell upon that, surely we'll have the humility that allow us to forgive our brethren and forgive others who do us wrong. We thank you for these instructions that you've given to us that tell us how we are to live in this life. Without this, we would not know how to live. We would not know how to walk. So we're so very thankful for the revelation of your will and that we can understand it, we can teach it, we can talk about it, and we can model it. And we ask that everybody on the sound of my voice will do that very thing. We ask thy blessings on this day. Please be with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.